Undefeated Fayetteville hosts Bentonville with the winner in the driver's seat for the 7A West Conference Championship. The wild, wild 5A West stays wild with Alma and Shiloh Christian out in front, and there are big games in the 4A1 and 3A1. All this and more on this week's Prep Rally. You're listening to the Prep Rally Podcast. Now here's your host, Graham Thomas. Welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast, sponsored by West Termite Pest and Lawn. I'm Graham Thomas with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And in uh, Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, sports reporter Rick Fires joins us along with Leland Barclay from the River Valley. We're all Zooming in this week due to construction in our Fayetteville studio. We're getting it ready for future podcasts, and we're really excited about that. And uh, there are a lot of huge games this week we want to preview. First, we're going to take a look back at the week that was in high school football and the River Valley. And, you know, Rick, We'll start off with you today. Um, you know, you and I weren't together last week for our ball games, but we certainly had some good ones to watch. Um, and we'll we'll start off with uh, with up here in Northwest Arkansas. Um, I was over at uh, Rogers at Whitey Smith Stadium and uh, seeing Bentonville West and Rogers play. And what ended up being a really exciting game. It didn't look like it was going to be that way for a long time. Rodgers was was out in front 17 to 6 for most of the second half and then boom here comes here comes Bentonville West they get a turnover they get a field goal they get another turnover for a pick 6 and then all of a sudden that momentum it starts it starts going the other direction and Bentonville West uh rallies to take the lead Rodgers comes roaring back to to uh score to get within one and goes for two to take the lead with 43 seconds left Bentonville West not done. Uh, Dalton Rice, you know, shoots him right down the field and then throws a, a touchdown pass to Harris Vinson with 13 seconds left. And the Wolverines uh, come up with a big win at Rogers. And, you know, I'd have to say that that is just, you know, another one of those exciting 7A West finishes that we've seen all year, Rick. You know what? That's probably the biggest surprise around a, a conference in, in 7A, wouldn't you say? If, if I would say West. so. I don't, yeah. you know, with the way Rodgers played with Fayetteville, and, you know, I kind of thought that the Mounties would take care of Bentonville West. It didn't happen for them. So you're right. It was a surprise. Yeah. Dalton Rice is our player, player of the week. And you got to give them a lot of credit for coming down. Uh, they're, they're way behind. I think they've only got one touchdown in that uh, fourth quarter. And, man, they just turned it on. Rice, the senior, he engineered it. Uh, he had some good receivers for him. So when I saw that, when you texted it, when you uh, your story, I said, man, that, that was a really, really impressive win for Bentonville West because we know how good Rodgers is back-to-back nine-win season. Well, and, you know, the, the play of the night that really kind of turned things around was the interception return for a touchdown. And, you know, it didn't come up without some controversy. Um, so what, what happened was, uh, and this is all on the far side of the field. So I can't tell you if, if what happened was legit or not, but, um, so, uh, Dane Williams is trying to throw a pass to, I believe it was Grayson, uh, cash 
over uh, a long pass, and 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 Cash has kind of fallen to the ground on his back. And it looks like the ball gets sort of kicked up in the air, and Rogers says that the ball was on the ground, but. You know, the referees didn't rule that, and Lance Stroud from Bentonville West, uh, you know, catches the ball. There's no whistles blown, and so he takes off down the sideline, and Rodgers doesn't go after him, and they score. And and the, the touchdown holds up, and, you know, you know, after the ball game, you know, Bentonville West was saying one thing, and Rodgers was saying another, and, you know, but, but what counts is what was on the scoreboard. So what the um, referees say. Yep, that's right. So, you know, that was a game-changing play. And then you like to talk about Dalton Rice with a you know a lot of guts and that comeback from him. He he made some really big plays and Harris Vinson also. Jackson Bruss, the um the receiver for Bentonville West, had some big catches on in that stretch too. So um just kind of goes to show you it's not over until it's over and you know and and then Rodgers you know they come back and they score and, and take the lead on a two point conversion and you know then they they kick it off and, and it was going you know they squib kicked it and that that's another thing that a lot of people were asking me why did they squib kick it squib kick it well it, it was a little colder the uh, the the wind was blowing and I don't think Rodgers felt like JT Miller could have kicked it into the end zone so they squib kick it, and and West had good field position to start the drive off. So, um, Leland, did you have anything on on that game that you wanted? I know it was kind of a statistical. Uh, it was interesting because you know Rogers led most of the time, but they weren't really gaining any yards. Well, you know when when Rogers came down to Southside and won that game, I thought, well, okay. Um, depending on what Bentonville and Fayetteville did, I thought, okay, one, two, and threes: Bentonville, Fayetteville, and Rogers. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is going to be fighting for four now. Um, and then Bentonville West pulls off that win. And I look at this, and Rogers uh, or Bentonville West held Dane Williams to 10 of 28 for 101 yards. I'd just like to – I'd like to know how they did that. Well, you know, they were playing uh, – they were given Roger what I would call a, uh, a light box – and Rodgers on their first drive, you know, all they did was run the ball and they scored. And then they, 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 you know, they were, they, they had some success running the ball, which was different certainly from their previous two weeks, but they really could not get going in the passing game. And then the statistics prove that out. And then aside from their final drive of the, um, of the fourth quarter where they took the lead again, they really didn't get much going elsewhere either. And on the running game or the passing game, and Chad Harvison said they were flat, is is the way he described it. So, I mean, it was just a very interesting ball game to watch, and you know, no doubt, um, it's gonna it could have some some implications down the road when it comes to seeding, you know, because Bentonville West is now two and one, and Rogers is one and two. So, well, and Bentonville West has to come to Southside to play. So now. That um, and, and not that it's over. There's still four weeks left, but I think still Bentonville and Fayetteville are at the top. And now it kind of becomes a race for that third spot, not just the fourth spot. So now it's uh, it's going to make the last four weeks really interesting, interesting because that third and fourth spot is so important in the playoffs because those teams get a home playoff game in the first round, and of course three is going to play the six 
from the central, which is a winnable game. And then four is going to play a five from the central game from the central, which gets a little tougher. But, you know, those seedings and those games now for third place are going to be gigantic. Yeah, it just means the Mounties margin for error is not very good in terms of maybe trying to get a three or a four seed to host that first round playoff game. Well, and it's also not too early to talk about, you know, the point system. Uh, because Rogers has six points in their win over Southside. Benville West has six points in their win over Rogers. So, you know, that might even come into play. Yeah. So, um, Rick, you were over at Wildcat Stadium in Springdale Harbor. Tell us a little bit about the the Bulldogs and the Wildcats battle Springdale. Uh, you talk about ramification. People will say, well, that's not very important. It absolutely is a, an important game. You know, nobody had a tougher schedule uh, non-conference and starting off as Harbor. But all of a sudden, man, they're two and one in conference play, two straight wins. Uh, yeah, Harbor won that game. It was at the Battle of Springdale. You always love it when the Springdale kids get together in any kind of athletic uh, venue. Harbor, Harbor won his second straight in a row with 41-24 over Springdale. Uh, Braden Sprague, four touchdown passes. A lot of offense by Harbor. They can score. Uh, and Springdale, I mean, got to love them. Uh, they scrap and fight. But, man, in the first half, they, they fumbled the ball about six times. And, yeah. you know, just, you know, kind of routine plays. I know they're going to more of a power uh, attack, a running game, and, and, and they just could not. Uh, get it going there. And in second well, half, they played a lot better. Once they cut down on their mistakes, it was more of a ball game. But uh, Spring to Harbor wins that one. A nice win for them. That'll come in play later on in the year when you got that fourth, fifth, uh, sixth spot for playoffs. Now, Rick, Rick, I was going to ask you, I was looking at the stats from that game, and Harbor – or not Harbor, I'm sorry. Springdale throws the ball 26 times, which is – Easily a season high in passes for them. Do they ditch the run game for the the passing well, game? They're, way behind. Back in they're way behind, yeah. so they had to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, also in the seven A West, Fayetteville uh, beat Southside in another high scoring game. Southside uh, kept it interesting there for a while. Leland, I know you weren't at that one, but I'm sure you've heard a lot about it. Yeah, Fayetteville scored right before the half then scored two quick touchdowns in the third quarter. It was real close up to that point. In fact, it was 28-17 at the half, uh, 21-17, you know, before uh, before halftime. And then Fayetteville scored those, those, you know, quick touchdowns that really kind of put the game away. You know, Southside held uh, Drake Lindsay to 253 yards passing, but – Five touchdown passes, which has kind of become the norm for him. Jason DeLamar, four catches for 124 yards. Uh, So, you know, not really their usual offensive performance. In fact, Southside outgained Fayetteville 489 to 411. But scoreboard 45 to 31 Fayetteville. And that sets up, like you said, the big game this week against Bentonville. Well, and Bentonville all over Rogers Heritage, 84 to 0. You know, a lot of people have asked me about that one. You know, I, I'm not real sure what to, what to tell them on that either. But, you know, I know Bentonville's a good football team, and, and we thought they were going to beat Rogers Heritage. Um, certainly didn't expect it to be 84-0, to zero, though. Now, uh, Graham, uh, uh, 
you know, some people, they see a score like that. Oh, my goodness, they ran it up on them poor kids. But uh, Benville emptied the uh, bench in the sa- second half, didn't they? Second yeah, quarter. Second, <laughs> second quarter. quarter. I know Maybe. they did. Um, yeah. Um, you know, what can you do? Just from the story I read today, anybody that dressed out, almost anybody dressed out, uh, got to play, which means if I know how I'd got to play in this game. <laughs> well, they only well, Benville only ran 40 offensive plays. And Carter Nye was out of the game, you know, early in the second quarter. He only threw nine passes. Uh, and then, um, you know, Trevor Grant, you know, he he comes in and goes seven for seven uh, to give him a backup, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, wow. action. Uh, and then the third string quarterback comes in. So it was not a case of running the score up. Benville only had 40 offensive plays yeah. for 552 yards. Rogers Heritage. Of course, it was 28 to nothing after a quarter, 49 to nothing at the half. I think I saw where Rogers Heritage had 11 yards on 13 plays in the first quarter. So the whole first quarter was played, you know, on, uh, you know, on that half of the field. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a tough situation. You know, when you put your, your second string guys, even your third string guys, you want them to get in and play hard and play football. Yeah. You don't want them to be, you know, run. You, you want them to be competing. And I know Rogers Heritage would feel that way too. So, yep. um, well, let's, let's talk about uh, the over in P Ridge, you know, Alma got a really big, big win five, a West conference victory over the Blackhawks. And, um, you know, now, it was Shiloh Christian going over to Harrison, you know, and thumping the goblins pretty good. That sets up, you know, a couple of three and O teams in conference that are, I mean, do we have an Alma Shiloh showdown coming soon? Well, I don't think Alma's going to tell you that because, you know, Harrison coming to town on Friday for homecoming, right. that's, sure. that's a gigantic game for them. So I guarantee you the Airedales are not looking ahead at all with Harrison coming up because Harrison has been one of those foes during the, through the years that's oh, he, yeah. you know that's the longest running rivalry right now in the 5A West of course part of that is 5A West has changed so much but Alvin Harrison go back a long ways in fact Tom Tice and Frank Vines played against each other the two head coaches Harrison and and uh and Alma they went against each other more than any other coaching uh, combination ever in state history. So that rivalry goes back a long ways, and they're really good friends. But they went up against each other more than any other two coaches ever. Right. So, it, you know, Alma's not looking ahead. Well, we'll hey, talk let me more interject. About- hey, hey, can I interject? Because I covered that rivalry for a long time, maybe eight, ten years. Man, I love that. Tommy Tice and uh, Frankie Vine, Tommy Tice – bringing down that black magic water from Crooked Creek. That is some of the best games I ever – and I've, I've covered games all over the state. That's one of the best rivalries. I'll always remember those rivalries uh, between Tommy Tice and, uh, and Harrison Goblins and uh, Frankie Vines and those fighting Amma Airedale. Love that rivalry. Well, and those two guys, you talk about stories now. Those two guys yeah. have stories. Uh, they have stories upon stories – inside more stories <laughs> yeah we'll talk more about uh, alma and harrison in a little bit um going down to the river valley uh leland you know you had quite the thriller of a, of a football game between van buren and russellville 
Yeah, for the second week in a row, I got to cover a thrilling uh, second half homecoming rally. Uh, Van Buren was down 20, uh, 21 to 7 at the half, and they came back and scored on their first and last possession of the game and then added one in between, had some big defensive plays, big special teams play. You know, hardly ever in game stories do we talk about extra points. I mean, they just Uh kind of – you know, the kickers kind of get overlooked, you know, because we say that somebody scored and that bumped the lead to whatever. Yeah. Well, there's all there's also the, you know, the extra points thrown in there, which we mention occasionally. You know, we may mention on the last extra point where, you know, a kicker, you know, kicked his fifth out of five extra points or something. We give him a little bit of maybe a half of a sentence occasionally. Well, Peyton Pashir. Uh, after Van Buren had tied it at 21-21, Russellville answered with a touchdown, and Peyton Pashir blocked the extra point with 2.03 left, and that made it 27-21. That gave Van Buren plenty of time. I think they needed five plays to go down. They got a good uh, kickoff return uh, by Peyton Pashir, uh, and then uh, that set him up for a, a – about a 50, I think it was a 58 yard touchdown drive. You know, senior quarterback Bryce Perkins was three for three in that drive. Calm, cool, uh, hit Weston Wilcox across the middle for a wide open touchdown with uh, 58 seconds left. And Manning Dodson, Van Buren's kicker, added the game winning extra point with uh, with the 58 seconds left. Van Buren still had to get an interception from uh, senior safety Hayden Green to, to clinch that win, too. So lots of big plays by Van Buren, uh, special teams, defense, and offense to win that game. That's a huge win for them because they got kind of a, you know, they got, I know they got a tough one coming up this week with Pulaski Academy. So, you know, to get two straight conference wins before having to, to face PA, I mean, that, you know, it gives them a little momentum heading into that one for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, their offense is one that, uh, you know, can, I think can, can match PA's offense. I mean, they're good enough to do that. Now, the question going into PA, the, everybody always, it comes down to how many uh, onside kicks can they recover? That's, that's where PA is. I forget what Kevin Kelly told me at one time that if they recover one onside kick in a game, their winning percentage is extremely high. And if they recover two, I think they'd only lost one game ever recovering two. So that's right. that's such a huge thing in that game. But I think Van Buren's offense can certainly go match Pulaski Academy. Of course, then after that, you know, they also have Little Rock Christian left too. Yeah. Two very tough games. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they go that- to Mount they also go to Mountain mm-hmm. Home too, which is also a tough one. Yeah, that the trip there is just the equalizer on it on its own. Uh, also on the River Valley, uh, you know Charleston in a defensive battle beats Mansfield fourteen to seven. Harold McElvain was there for us, and you know um, all the points were scored really early, and then it was just, just a defensive slugfest. Well, uh, you know, a couple of things out of that game. Charleston got Reese Marishka back, which is a multi-purpose. He's a big defensive player for them, big offensive player for them. You know, he was a key to them last year as a junior. uh, But they had so many other seniors that were big-time, you know, guys that uh, I won't say he got overlooked, but, you know, he was kind of just another one of the guys. This year, he's their main guy. 
and he was hurt early, very early. I think the first series against Ozark in non-conference play, and that was his first game back on Friday night. So it was big for him to have, um, for them to have him back because he's a big part of their team. Yeah, he'll be a difference maker moving forward. Uh, another impressive outing. They didn't get the win over in Jonesboro, but Northside scored a lot of points. They gave themselves a chance. You know, and that, you talk about a bus trip. I mean, they went from one end of the state to the other and then some. I mean, and, uh, you know, Northside, I, I, the final score was about 55-41, something like that. Yeah, McLean Moody, 32 of 60 for <laughs> 391 yards and four touchdowns. Cam Massey, uh, 13 catches for 201 yards uh, and a touchdown. And then Ezra Phillips, uh, you know, they've been trying to play Ezra Phillips more on defense because they feel like they've got a good – uh, core of receivers, including a freshman uh, named JT Thomas, who watch out for him. You know, we've been talking about how fast Damari Smith was, is the last couple of years. JT Thomas may be the fastest person to ever come through Fort Smith, and he's a freshman. Anyway, he's kind of worked into the lineup as a receiver, uh, but they felt like to get maybe a little more continuity going and land just some more consistency on offense. Ezra Phillips is now playing much more on offense too. He had eight catches for 96 yards and three touchdowns. So he may not come off the field at all the next, uh, the next four or five weeks, but a big, uh, you know, they just, they gave up a little too much. It was yeah. uh, 27, 27 at the half. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Jonesboro is very much improved and they, uh, you know, they put up 550 yards of offense and, and won that game, uh, you know, going away. All right. Well, let's move on into this week's schedule, guys. Uh, and, you know, obviously we're going to start off with the big matchup at Harmon Field, you know, Bentonville and Fayetteville. And while, you know, we do have four games left, including this week's games, I mean, the winner this of this it. game is going to be in yep. the driver's seat for the 7A West Conference Championship because, you know, as we've established, we kind of feel like these are the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and the possibility, you know, they can meet in the postseason during the playoffs and everything, but you want winning conference championship still means something. You still want that. And, my goodness, these guys are just uh, marching towards each other, both of them coming off impressive wins. Uh, I'm waiting to hear uh, to hear back from Casey Dick. Even though uh, Fable six and zero, I think they got to play their best game against Bentonville. And oh, I, and, and, yeah. and Fable's already played some good team, but uh, I I wasn't at the Southside game, but surely they got to play better than they did at Southside. So I mean, uh, this is going to be the, one of the biggest games in the state, if not the biggest uh, game in all year. And maybe on Friday night. So really looking forward to this showdown and nobody surprised that the Bulldogs and Tigers are going at each other again for first place. Now, Leland, you're going to have to, you're going to have to tell me if I'm wrong, but was the last team that won a seven eight West title that wasn't Bentonville or Fayetteville, was that Rogers in 2006? Um, I guess it would be. Sounds right. I'll have to go back and look uh, because, you know, for the longest time, 
Fayetteville had not won an outright conference championship since 1965 or 66, but they had won three state championships, even though they didn't win the conference. Because they won the number four seed. Yes, they won it as a fourth seed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the the conference championship is, you know, it sets teams up, but it sure doesn't uh, it sure doesn't define a season. Yeah. And, I, you know, several times I think either Bentonville or Fayetteville will win the conference title and the other one will win the, the second match in the playoffs. So, yep. I mean, it, it's happened that way before, too. Um, I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. I hope the weather is really nice and I think it will be, um, you know, and Fayetteville's, I mean, you know, we got to make our picks later this 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 week, Rick. And yeah. As of right now, I don't know what I'm going to do because there's so many reasons to go either way on this one. Yeah, I got my coin and my nickel right here, which way I'm going to go head through tail. Right. Uh, Another big uh, 7A West matchup. You know, it's not it's certainly not uh, what what Bentonville at Fayetteville is going to be. But how about Springdale Harbor at Bentonville West? I mean, you know, two teams that, you know, we kind of written off our like you said rick they're they're two two and one in conference bentonville west is now two and one in conference i mean there, there's a lot riding on this one but that's how huge that uh west win well I've, I've kind of forgotten about them i was just thinking rogers rogers uh and all the top teams and here comes bentonville west they pulled that that is such a huge win for them now see if they can follow it up that's a question well, and you know, Harbor, man, like we, we talked about it last week. They, they can really score. And I, I, yep. you saw it last week now. So yep. I hope you're, you're, you know, I was telling you the truth, wasn't I, Rick? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see how you guys can keep up with these stats anymore. I'm on the side, I'm trying to keep up. And I look around, I don't know, I get a, maybe a, a, a caramel apple or something. I turn around and they're scoring again, up and down, up and down. But you got to have some defensive plays. Uh, Leland has said it many times, you don't win championships without some defense. But down here, as you get closer and closer, some people are going to have to make some defensive plays. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, back on uh, with Rodgers, they're going to be at Springdale. Both those teams really need to win in in the conference. Uh, So we'll see how the Mounties bounce back at Gerald Williams. Um, Fort Smith Southside is going to Rodgers Heritage. And, you know – I feel like the the Mavericks ought to be able to to get back in the win column in that in that game, and then Northside's hosting Conway, which is going to be a really tough matchup. So, um, as far as this, the the seven A slate this week, you know, we got we got a couple of games that could be some thrillers, and a couple that we feel you know could, yeah, you know, could maybe could get away a little bit. But but that's why we play. I mean, you just never know what what may happen. Hey Graham, I'm really interested in see how the Heritage kid. You know, people probably making fun of him a little bit and, never, you know, walking down the hallway that Rogers heritage. Oh, my God, you guys got to be – I'm interested in see how that – I'm not going to say they're going to come out and beat Southside, but I hope them kids come out and get back on the field and really uh, play well. Yeah. And uh, so in the 6A West, so Greenwood's going to Lake Hamilton. Lake Hamilton got shut out at Greenbrier. Man, that, that, one, or that one surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, Van Buren, well, as we said, is at PA. Go ahead, Leland. From what I understand, Lake Hamilton has lost their quarterback for the season. Oh. So yeah, he uh, got hurt at Salem Springs a couple of weeks ago. I noticed he came out of there. 
he's he is lost for the season uh so that's boy it's it's tough it's tough anywhere anytime but in that conference to lose a quarterback midway of the season uh boy that's tough you know van buren was four and oh um last year or a year before last when they lost bryce perkins yeah and then uh you know didn't make the playoffs so it's you lose a quarterback in these because all of these offenses now, most of them are quarterback centric. Right. And so to lose a quarterback, especially in the middle of the season, uh, is tough. So that's uh, I think has a lot to do with with that Except one. Except maybe Greenwood. They, they can punch <laughs> in about three or four yeah. of them, can't they? Well, it's funny. I talked to – I went down to Greenwood yesterday. I talked to L.J. Robbins, the re- senior receiver for them, and I asked him specifically about adjusting. You know, I said, gosh, you guys have had three starting different starting quarterbacks this year. How tough has that been for you as a senior receiver? And he just kind of shrugged and said, well, you know, it's – no big deals. You know, Kane Archer Kane Archer went out and then Cooper Goodwin come in and Cooper Goodwin went out and Scott Holland came in and uh, you know, we just uh, we just we kept doing what we do. Uh, yeah, no, but you're right. There there are a lot of teams that will be up a creek if uh if if the QB one goes down. So <laughs> you know, we, we talked about the Harrison Alma matchup in the five A West. I think that that game, I mean I can just imagine how fun that's gonna be. I if you've not been to a high school football game at Alma or at Harrison, for that matter, they're yeah. they're, they're really fun to do. And um, so, uh, also in the five A West, uh, Prairie Grove is at Dardanelle, and uh, you know the Tigers, man, they they that's a game that um, you know maybe they can bounce, you know, get back on the stick and get going. That that five A West is really interesting if you look at the standings. There are several teams sitting there at one and two. They've got to make a move here to try and get in this. Thanks for yeah, it. They got to cut down on their turnovers. I've talked to Coach Absher about it, and they're really yeah. having a lot of uh, turnovers. But like you said, all it takes, you know, you, we've seen Farmington bounce back, and so that that is wide open, right? Highly contested right there. Well, and we talk about, you know, quarterbacks and teams losing quarterbacks. Farmington lost, you know, their quarterback who was yep. going to be a, you know, a senior, uh, senior Cameron Van Zant, yeah. um, you know, and they've lost him and they've struggled a little bit there. But the 5A West is just, it's, it's one of those, I mean, it's one of the favorite conferences to follow. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you talked about Dardanelle. Well, they're, they have a sophomore quarterback named Krieg, Creed Vega, who is a head coach's son. And he had over 200 yards passing and rushing week before last, which is a, I mean, that's a rare feat. Uh, in Arkansas high school. So that conference is wide open. And you, and you talk about those one and two teams. Uh, that's another one, another spot where it could come down to those, you know, to the point system. Yep. And um, if, and Har- Harrison is one of those one and two teams, aren't they? I think, yeah, because they lost to Farmington and they lost to Shiloh. So, you know, if, if they go down to Airedale Stadium and get them a win, then that really kind of shakes things up, and they're certainly capable of doing that. Uh, oh, so, absolutely! Yes, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, Farmington's going to be at Clarksville. I think the Cardinals ought to be able to win at Clarksville, but um, you know, you just never know. I guess. Uh, how about the four A one? Real quick, uh, best game of that of that kind of looks like it's going to be Ozark at Gentry, and um, you know the um, the 
Pioneers, this this is one that they, that they need to win. I mean, uh, if they're going to make a move in that 4A conference. Um, so kind of uh, looking at that and, you know, where where is – what are y'all thinking on on this on this ball game? Because Ozark and, and Elkins are kind of the teams to beat in that league. Well, for me, uh, I was kind of expect you know Lincoln was riding high there for a while, and my goodness, so uh, Ozark they just whipped them. I mean, the Thrill Billies they do that to a lot of people right there. So uh, good luck to the Pioneers, but man, Ozark, uh, you know they're a traditionally uh, winning team down there, and that that's going to be tough, I think, for Gentry. Well, you know, uh, this was a stretch that I, you know, I talked to Coach Jeremy Burns about uh, a couple of weeks ago about having to play these quarterbacks consecutively because, you know, Drew Moore is a senior at Lincoln who's had a tremendous uh, career, went over 6,000 yards for his career, I think, last week. And I really thought this would be a challenge uh, for Ozark. And they went 44-7, to uh, gave up one touchdown. Uh, they had, uh, I think, four sacks. Uh, they also returned a punt for a touchdown, uh, an interception, and really held Lincoln's uh, passing attack kind of in check. But yep. now they have the same kind of, um, you know, uh, challenge because Talon Williams, and, you know, we talk about all these quarterbacks, you know, Slade Dean, who was kind of trained at Greenwood. Talon Williams is a Shiloh Christian guy who transferred to Gentry, and he stepped into that starting lineup, and he had a tremendous game about three weeks ago. So that's going to be another challenge for Ozark. So once Ozark gets past that one, then maybe mm-hmm. we can, uh, you know, we'll we'll be ready to talk about that Elkins-Ozark game. Wow. The uh, 3A1, real quick, uh, uh, Leland, before we take a break here, but uh, Charleston and Hackett, that's going to be a good good ball game too. Oh, yeah, that's that's a um, – there's, I guess, two games that I'm really interested in keeping an eye on Friday night. Of course, I'll be at Charleston and Hackett because Hackett's quarterback is another one that's, that's uh, put up some big numbers. And, you know, we talked about Reese Marishka coming back for Charleston last week, which was a big boost for them. Well, I think Hackett's going to get Bryson Hamilton back, who kind of turned heads at the Arkansas Razorback camp uh, last summer with, I forget what it was, I think it was like a 4-4-40. So they're supposed to get him back this week. So that ought to be a really interesting game uh, and a key one in the 3A1. All right. Well, and certainly there's there's – much, much more uh, that we could talk about regarding all these conferences, but um, we're going to take a break and uh, we're going to, when we come back, we will get into our top five of the week. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider a newspaper subscription to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette or the River Valley Democrat Gazette. We have a special offer for our podcast listeners, so visit nwaonline.com slash podcast23 to get started. You can also click the subscribe button on our websites, nwaonline.com and rivervalleydemocratgazette.com, or call us at 479-684-5509, and be sure to say that you're a podcast listener. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Prep Rally, sponsored by West Termite Pest and Lawn. I'm Graham Thomas, Rick Fires, Leland Barclay. We're all on a Zoom for you this week, and uh, we're going to get into our top five. So 
boys, I think I'm going to start us off this time. I never get to go first, so uh, this will be. Get to go first. Ah, go ahead. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start us off with uh, the Farmington Cardinals. I felt like got a big, big bounce back win this last week. You know, they were at Dardanelle. Yeah. They're up 28-21 at halftime, and they go 28 nothing in the second half for a 56-21 win at Dardanelle. So that that really caught my attention. Uh, you know, they they made some adjustments on defense and shut out the Sand Lizards and and did a good job. Uh, over uh, Gentry Pioneers, Caden Coons, 200 yards rushing and a win against Green Forest. Um, on the road at Green Forest, that, that, that can't be an easy trip to make. And he, he uh, you know, had a big night. But I'm also going to highlight our boy Ridge Gordon Swafford at Green Forest at 150 yeah. rushing yards again, just having a big year for the Red Tigers over there. So, uh, man, uh, this one had Henry Apple all excited on Saturday morning, but Gravitz, Kais Patton, score, he's an offensive lineman now, and he scored on a 50-yard hook and lateral play for Gravit the other night that uh, – just seemed like it was a really uh, fun play to to be a part of. You know, anytime the offensive lineman gets the touchdown, I know everybody gets excited. So, uh, so he had a rumble about what? How many yards? Fifty it's yards. Fifty yards. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Woo! So, I like to see a uh, video on that. When I talked to Henry on uh, Saturday morning, he goes, "I've got to do something on that." So we'll we'll see what he comes up with. Uh, how about the Shiloh Saints? Thirty-nine straight conference game uh, victories. Now it's not all in the five A West, obviously. You know, in the four A one too, but with their thirty-point win at Harrison, their their streak of conference wins is now up to thirty-nine in a row. Uh, you know, they. They just kind of, and we talked about the the wide open five A West, but they just seem to be beating everybody in their path. So we'll see if they can finish the job. Uh, I'm gonna give a little bit of love to the Salem Springs Panthers. I know they're zero and seven and had really kind of fallen on some hard times, but they've got a kid named Nohe Hernandez who got his second pick six of the season last week against Pulaski Academy. He had one against Greenwood on September the 15th, and he got another one uh, the other night on homecoming. And uh, so I thought that was just a really cool thing to mention here on top five. What's uh, a, no hay? What's no hay. Name? N-O-H-E. No hay. I think that's how All you say right. it. Sweet. So, um this is a hardworking kid that uh, Coach Craig over at Siloma says has done a good job for them. And then as a bonus, I'm going to give a, give a shout-out to the Hackett volleyball team getting a 3-2 win at Shiloh Christian last night. Um, it's a non-conference game, but Hackett improves to 31-2 and on the season. So that is my top five. Rick, I'll turn it over to you. All right, you know what? Hey, we play a lot of sports. Uh, for You want to play for conference champion, state championship. So I got to start off with the Rogers Mountie uh, golf team. They won down at Cabot. They won the Class 6A um, championship at Rolling Hills at Cabot. Uh, congratulations um, to the Mounties. And let's stay with uh, another uh, kind of different kind of sport besides football. How about the state tennis going on? 6A state tennis going on right now Rogers Heritage. Uh, Fable Boys and uh, Bentville Girls are defending uh, state champions. And I think they got the uh, quarterfinal, no, the semifinals, finals today. Uh, Jacob Norton, Spencer Holloway from Fable. 
Uh, they're defending champions in doubles. Let's see how they do it. Stella DeVera from uh, Heritage. Um, let's see how she does. She's one of the top seeds. Now let's go to football. We're going to overlap a little bit. I know Leland's talked about Fable, Fort Smith, Southside, but I was interested in seeing that, uh, you know, Drake Lindsay had uh, four or five uh, touchdown passes, but Christian Seltzer, 26 attempts, 135 yards rushing, one touchdown. I think that's going to be key. When Fable can run the football, that, that helps them out tremendously in their passing game. So I'm, I'm going to be looking for that on Friday night, see if Fable – can continue to run the ball. Uh, what can you say about the Bentonville game? 84 to Carter and I, um, nine passes, completed eight of them, four of them. So half, uh, four of them for, for touchdowns. Half your passes go for touchdowns. I don't care if that's two passes. I don't care if it's eight. But um, good job there by Bentonville. Hopefully Rogers Heritage will bounce back, get back on the field, and represent themselves. Uh, Springdale Harbor. They had a brutal non-conference schedule, but they've won two in a row. They're two and one after the 41-24 victory over Springdale. Springdale's got to hang on to the ball better, and I, I think the coaching staff over there get that through their heads this week. Uh, moving down to the Central, uh, you're talking about a collision course. Bryant um, and Conway, they both won. They're ranked number one and two in the state. So every time I, I see our, the results of our teams up here, I always got to look at the Central. These two are headed for a showdown, going to be the biggest game of the year if everything uh, progresses as is on November 6th at Conway. That'll be the, the game of the year. That's all I got. All right. That is going to be a big one. Leland, what do you have for us? I'm going to kind of skip over the two big schools in Crawford County because we've already, you know, mentioned Van Buren's uh, win over Russellville, the come from behind win, and and the excitement of that, and and how that happened. Also, we mentioned, you know, Alma. Even though uh, we didn't mention Jackson Daly, 20 carries for 179 yards and three touchdowns. I know that's a little bit of a letdown after having 320 <laughs> last week, but yeah, you know, well, one, Jackson, you can do better than that. But <laughs> 179 is still pretty good, especially on the road to get that win. So I'm going to skip to North Crawford County now where uh, the Mountainburg Dragons, you know, about a month ago, they got the treasure chest trophy back from Cedarville. Friday night, they were able to even their 2A1 conference record at 1-1. One one. Sophomore quarterback Ryan Allen had 27 carries for 266 yards and three touchdowns and also threw a touchdown pass. Uh, senior Garrett uh, Jones had eight tackles, one for loss, and uh, went down to Mountainburg yesterday and talked to him and Bobby Dean, a two-way uh, lineman, got to talk a little weightlifting with Bobby Dean. He's uh, He benches 315, and we got to talk about, uh, you know, when you slap those 45-pound weights up against each other on the bar, it just it creates that sound in the weight room that's just, uh, you know, just everybody turns around and looks at that. So, uh Mountainburg, uh, even their record at one and one. Uh, and then Ozark, uh, quarterback Kobe Wilbanks, 10 carries for 209 yards and four touchdowns in that win over Lincoln, 44 to seven. Uh, Drake Haddock had a safety on a, off a sack 
Uh, Eli Gilstrap returned a punt for a touchdown. And then Boonville's Dax Golf went over the 4,000-yard mark yeah. in rushing yards in a 42-14 win over Greenland. Golf had touchdown runs of 13, 36, 13, and 10 yards. And he now has 4,083 yards rushing, which is third in school history behind Allen Ray and Randon Ray, two names we're very familiar with. Yeah. Lavaca's Jimmy Barrett. Yep. Uh, Lavaca's Jimmy Barron returned a fumble for a touchdown and caught a touchdown passes, uh, caught a touchdown pass and had eight tackles on defense in Lavaca's 49 to 12 win over uh, West Fork. And then finally, Subiaco won 70 to six over Rosebud. Brody Coke had 17 carries for 181 yards and four touchdowns. Also had eight tackles, a sack, and two fumble recoveries. Is that eight-man football or 11? That's eight-man football. Eight man, and yeah. they're, they've been ranked second all year. They're they're ranked right behind Mountain View. They played earlier. Mountain View won by two touchdowns. So they might be on a collision course for the non-sanctioned state championship in eight-man football. Well, you know, we didn't mention it in the, the, the first part of the show, guys, but Boonville at Mansfield, that might be a sneaky kind of good game. You know, Mansfield, they're five and one. They, they, they played Charleston tough and they're, they get Boonville at their place. So we'll just see what happens. Absolutely. That's another big game in a 3A1. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's uh, edition of Prep Rally. Uh, Folks, you can listen to Prep Rally at nwaonline.com, or you can watch it on YouTube, and you can also listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. We'd like to thank again our sponsor, West Termite Pest and Lawn, and be sure to look out for Prep Rally Live later this week. For Leland Barclay in the River Valley, for Rick Fires, who's somewhere in Prairie Grove, I think, amongst all of his sports riding awards. Arts Unknown. Uh, I'm Graham Thomas signing off, and thank you for watching Prep Rally. The proceeding has been a production of Prep Rally Podcasts. Find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and more. And be sure to follow our hosts on social media.